Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? Here on Timberwolves Explosion today, episode number 52. Today is Tuesday, March the 2nd, 2010. And we got a lot to cover today. Oh, there is a lot to cover, but first and foremost, Timberwolves Explosion is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. We are also available on TimberwolvesPress.com. That's right, TimberwolvesPress.com also posted. This show is also posted on that website. Do check it out. Talking Timberwolves basketball since 2007. All right, well, as mentioned, there's a lot to cover. We have four games to review. That's right, four games. We won the first of the bunch, and it just gets uglier and uglier and uglier. And I mean really ugly by the end. Yeah, the Portland Trailblazers. Oh, boy. Mm. Every time the Timberwolves play the Portland Trailblazers, well, it's... That's about it. That's pretty much what you're looking at when you talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Portland Trailblazers. Just like I ranted very viciously earlier in the season, I believe it was on the Triangle Trouble episode number 38, Timberwolves and Blazers. Uh, just an absolute recipe for disaster. It's it's really been that way for quite a while, even going back well into the Kevin Garnett era. In fact, all the way back to when Garnett was very young. The Timberwolves and Blazers, it just, it's never worked out. Never. But especially the last couple of years, it is just awful. So yeah, we're going to get to that. <sighs> well, there's some good news and bad news, I guess. Let's talk about David Kahn. David Kahn saying that Ricky Rubio will, ret- uh, will return, will uh, come to the Timberwolves. In 2011 and 12, the 2011-12 and 12 season, that Ricky Rubio will be a Timberwolf at that point in time. So we'll see. We'll get into that a bit. Uh, Mark Blunt has been waived. Oh, aren't you happy? I mean, well, it's just one of those things. He wasn't going to play on the team this year. It's an expiring deal. It's just one of those things that was bound to happen. So there it is. Mark Blunt, will be, Mark Blunt has been waived. And a final thing of note. Of course, who knows exactly what order I'll do it. <laughs> I'll review the games first and then do the uh, the news. Yeah, Al Jefferson busted with the DWI. Unfortunately, luckily, it was more of a low-end deal, a fourth degree, they call it, because it was his first uh, deal, his first DWI, and uh, it wasn't quite in the super-duper reckless. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't really in the, the reckless department, I guess you could say, but we'll get into that when we get into it. So we're going to get into the actual game reviews right now. Also, do follow the Timberwolves Explosion, the official Twitter of Timberwolves Explosion. We'd appreciate that. Twitter.com forward slash Wolves Explosion. Twitter.com forward slash Wolves Explosion. Talking a lot of basketball on there. I get into a lot of stuff. I try to be somewhat funny, and at the same time, just, uh, you know, I give my opinions. Just like there'll be some opinions on a lot of these games here today. Oh, flipping goody. But on Tuesday, February 23rd, the Rules go into Miami and win without Dwayne Wade. But, hey, we won the ball game. And a year ago, the Timberwolves beat the Miami Heat with, with Dwayne Wade and Wade having one of those games. I mean, he won the scoring title last year. He was about as dangerous. He had a career year last year. I mean, Wade was just frightening to watch. remember him hitting clutch shots down the stretch in that game, but the Wolves did survive. Randy Foy at the time was playing pretty well. Well, Johnny Flynn played fairly well, and it sounds like 
Yeah, it sounds like, or appears, actually more or less, like uh, somebody over at the Timberwolves organization has been listening to this show. <laughs> I've been wondering that for quite a while now. And if they are, that's fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> Personally, I'm joking in terms of how the uh, the rotation turned out. How about this, folks? How about this? Johnny Flynn, 38 and a half minutes. Ramon Sessions, less than 10. Less than 10, about nine and a half minutes for Ramon Sessions. There you go. That's That's what I wanted. That's what I got. And Flynn had one assist, five turnovers, unfortunately. Six of 13 shooting. He did have 16 points, hit some pretty big shots down the stretch. Uh, he was decent in the game. He was decent in the game. The Wolves came out firing early on. Took a pretty nice lead, actually. They took a 17-point lead, but unfortunately, like clockwork, gone. Gone. And I <laughs> and I even tweeted during this game saying that I say Flynn's minutes need to increase. Who agrees with me? Well, Somebody did. Nobody tweeted back, unfortunately, and I wish somebody would have. That'd be nice. <laughs> Kurt Rambis must agree with me, though, because look what happened. I mean, this game was, was when it happened. It's pretty classic stuff. And, yeah, it's like, uh, will the Wolves sustain their lead? It's like, no, of course they didn't. Of course they didn't. Miami, yeah, did make that comeback. But at halftime, and the you know, the Timberwolves live or whatever, at halftime, whatever they call it, halftime live, yeah, I got mentioned when they do the little text bits. They mentioned me, Joey, in Golden Valley. So if you ever hear, uh, you ever hear them, Mike McCullough and Anthony LaPanta, I don't know why I was blanking on his name, Anthony LaPanta, say Joey in Golden Valley. That's your host, Paladino Joey of Timberwolves Explosion. That's me, Joey in Golden Valley. Uh, I brought up, yeah, is it safe to say that Darko Milicic is going to be a starter at any point and, uh, at first, Mike McCullough rebuffed that, saying, no, you know, I mean, well, not no, but it's like, I don't think he's really ready to be a starter. I don't know why so many people keep asking that. And, um, well, for me, my purpose, my whole point in that is because Ryan Hollins doesn't rebound and he doesn't block shots. Darko Milicic does. He also adds multiple aspects to the game that Ryan Hollins doesn't. And that Hollins is a classic off-the-bench energy guy. Well, yeah. Darko Milicic is going to start, like just like I made that bet. So I'm going to win the bet, regardless, folks. <laughs> like I said, Darko Milicic will start in two weeks or so. And yeah, he's going to start, but that's because Al Jefferson got suspended for the DWI. We'll get back to that very shortly. Unfortunately, how that thing turned out. Um, it was a back-and-forth game. The Wolves kept taking leads. They kept giving up leads. Flynn had a solid game. He was he was solid. He hit shots that he needed, but really the guy that was clutch again, yet again, Wayne Ellington. This guy has been clutch late in the game multiple times this year. Wayne Ellington and Corey Brewer have hit clutch threes this year. This time it was Ellington. Uh, Sessions even hit a big shot. That was a fairly long two-pointer. Nice to see that. Kevin Love hitting through hit threes like crazy in the game. I called him Larry Love at the time. Uh, yeah, that might be his little nickname for me if he keeps hitting three pointers. It was a pretty fun game for the Wolves. It's just too bad it, this didn't continue into the next games going on. Uh, Love did get a shot blocked four times, unfortunately. But yeah, he was three of three from the from three point range. Only four of ten overall. Timberwolves did not shoot well from the floor, other than Wayne Ellington, who was just a shooting machine. Milicic, kind of slow in the first half, looked winded, didn't really do much, but this guy blocked shots like crazy. <laughs> he had three block shots in the game, only shot three times, was better in the second half than the first, and yeah, the 
shot blocking is looking pretty good for Mr. Darko Milicic. Al Jefferson's minutes dwindling because of the, the tendonitis in the knee and because Darko Milicic eating a couple of those minutes. They want him in there. Uh, it, it's interesting. You got Kevin Love, Al Jefferson, and Darko Milicic pretty much filling up uh, two or three spots, kind of back and forth. I, th- I would think you can put them all three together at sometimes on the floor, but generally no, because a small forward position would be a little bit iffy at best. <laughs> and yeah, what a surprise yet again. The old uh, switcheroo with Ryan Gomes and Damien Wilkins. This time it was Ryan Gomes' turn to have a big game. Six of eight from the floor, 13 points. Just all, just hit. He was one of the, one of the big players. And generally when Ryan, Ryan Gomes plays well, the Wolves have a chance to win. It's just, I've noticed that with him. And Damian Wilkins, a little more, uh, a lot more ineffective, only one of four from the floor in the game, not nearly as active as Ryan Gomes on this particular night, but of course it tends to switch around back and forth with these guys. The Wolves shot 43% from the floor, or 45, or 44, excuse me, not bad, not great, but the three-point shooting was awesome. 8 of 14, really, really good stuff. Brewer and Flynn struggled, but Brewer continued to hit his three-point, I mean, at least got one more three-point shot as he is on a streak right now. He's kept that thing going for quite a while. So, a uh, nice little win for the Wolves. And, of course, Wayne Ellington, very, very valuable in this game. Some mistakes I Flynn, but again, yeah, he was aggressive the whole time. <laughs> just kind of a back-and-forth game. A lot of crazy stuff happened. Flynn just yeah the the more he stayed in the game the better the better he's going to be the more he stays in these games the better he's going to be because he's just going to get stronger and stronger again as I mentioned a clutch play late in the game shut everybody up made it eighty nine to eighty six then it ended up being the winning shot because the score was ninety one to eighty eight in the end big big stuff Darrell and Wright couldn't miss the whole night <laughs> very frustrating but um, nice victory for the Wolves in the end because. Thank God that Kevin Love was able to get a rebound. Kevin Love tipping it to Gomes. And then Ellington got fouled and hit the free throws. Ellington just did it all. And that was it. The Wolves win as Ryan Cook couldn't hit his shot at the buzzer. Thank God a three-point attempt did not happen. And the Ryan Gomes traditional smile, whenever he seems to get the interview at the end of the game, he does a little smile on the arm around the uh, sideline reporter. Nice stuff, indeed. It's just a classic little deal with Ryan Gomes. I've been noticing that's been happening this year whenever he's the guy interviewed at the end. It's it's kind of cool a little bit. And now the Wolves go to the uh, the Polar the polar Hawks. <laughs> yeah, not the Atlanta Hawks. They're the Polar Hawks because this team is the kind of team that can win a game. They can crush somebody 25, 25 points and lose by 30 to the same team the next night or a very similar team the next night. It's like, what the hell? Especially if they play on the road, but they've lost some ugly home games as well. The teams like Orlando and Boston and such. It's it's been a frustrating deal for the Atlanta Hawks this season. Though they still, the big wins are what have kept them very much super contenders over there in the East still. Though I don't think anybody believes the Atlanta Hawks are going to the NBA Finals. The Polar Hawks, as I like to call them now. And, uh... When the Hawks are on their North Pole, it is when they're at home. They're a pretty good home team, and yeah, they won the game, 98-92. to The Wolves played pretty decent in this game, though. Pretty decent, though there were some ugly stretches. We'll get to that here in a sec. Yeah, Johnny Flynn, excuse me, Johnny Flynn 
Off to a good start again, showing lots of pizzazz, lots of energy, lots of good passing skills. Flynn looked pretty good. He only had one assist, by the way, in that Miami game. I may or may not have mentioned this particular night. He just uh, he looked a little better. He did, but he only got to play about 28 minutes. He had eight assists. Yeah, eight assists and only two turnovers and funny. His playing time dwindles and Ramon Sessions plays a whole 20 minutes, doesn't make a single shot, doesn't score a point, of course, and gets four assists and one turnover. So Johnny Flynn wasn't shooting particularly well, but he was distributing the ball very well. And um, I I don't know. I don't know. Again, that's another. It's just another enigma with me. And uh, the playing time of Johnny Flynn, it it gets kind of weird. And, of course, you're not trying to win a championship with this team right now. You're not trying to make a playoff berth. It doesn't really matter some of these games if you win or lose them. Uh, and when Flynn was showing something going on right here, why would you sit him out? He could have had a Russell Westbrook kind of game. You know, maybe not shoot, shoot well, but get tons and tons of assists. So what the heck? What's what's the point? What's the point of taking him out for a guy that just wasn't really doing that all, all that much anyway? It's not like he was providing any energy. Oh, and by the way, remember how I mentioned Ryan Gomes and Damian Wilkins? Well, in this particular night, they both played well. Five of eight from the floor for Gomes, six of eight for Damian Wilkins. It was kind of fun to see both of them play well. Every now and then, they both do Jefferson's minutes under 30 yet again. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird to see these uh, lines for, for Al Jefferson. It's like this, It seems like every night now, he gets about 10 points, five rebounds, and plays about 28 minutes. Kind of odd, yet he shoots over 50%. Hmm. It's like, wow, it's kind of weird to see. It really is. The Wolves kept it very close in the first quarter. They actually led for a while. The Hawks ended up leading. Hawks started building a lead into the half. Unfortunately, they started to really get ahead, but then the Wolves made a nice little comeback late in the third and into the fourth. They actually played fairly well in the fourth quarter. Al Jefferson talks about that as he says, we did a good job getting back in the game. That's all good. We could be happy with that, but we had a chance to win the game. Unfortunately, we fell short. Turnovers killed us, and oh, yeah, turnovers killed the Wolves. Uh, they did have 14, which isn't the worst of all time, so at least they had yeah, more assists than turnovers, 21 to 14 in that ratio. Not spectacular, I guess you could say. Joe Johnson was his usual self. Didn't actually shoot particularly well, but just was deadly. His 21-point game, but really the story of the night was Josh Smith, who was all over the place all the time. The Wolves could not keep up to him when he would uh, have an open lane. It, it, it was over. It was over. Josh Smith, had a, would, would <laughs> once he has the ball in the open lane, it's over. It's going to be a dunk. You're not going to stop him. And the guy was 9 of 13 from the floor because of that. He had 9 of 11 from the line. Uh, the guy just overall took over, took over this game big time. And that was an inside job, the 9 to 11 there. Uh, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, because the guy was attacking the inside constantly. Just a very good game for him. Jeff Teague, unfortunately, was uh, flagrant, followed by Wayne Ellington. Nothing intentional. He was trying to make a play, accidentally kind of got Teague around the face, neck, whatever it was. Uh, just just an unfortunate deal. Nobody really saw Ellington as any type of, uh, making any type of intentional play, by the way, on that. And I gotta say this again. I gotta mention this. I've been talking about this a little bit for the last couple of years. Uh, Marvin Williams, second overall pick. Mm, you talk about bad second overall picks like Darko Milicic. What about Marvin Williams? He tends to decline every single year. 
Not impressed. The Hawks can't be too happy with how that pick turned out. Marvin Williams, not really nearly the cornerstone that a lot of people expected him to become coming into the NBA out of North Carolina. And a lot of North Carolina picks haven't worked out. But maybe that 28th pick in this year's draft, Mr. Wayne Ellington will. Unfortunately, though, he didn't hit a shot in this game in 15 minutes over four from the floor. Milicic kind of starting to hit the physical wall a little bit, unfortunately, but he did get four blocks in the game. In only 10 minutes, he managed to get four blocks. So defensively, he's a factor. Offensively, he's invisible. Um, but still, hey, if he's going to get out there and block shots, we'll take it. Ryan Hollins, though, had a really nice game. Really nice game. And it, it was kind of an athletic, up-and-down-the-court type of game. Both teams shot well from the floor. The Wolves are about 46%. The Hawks, well, actually, they didn't shoot well from the floor, but Josh Smith did because he had a lot of dunks. They shot about 41%, excuse me. Um, and that's what killed the Wolves, the turnovers and just giving up the lane to guys like Josh Smith. It was a pretty fun, energetic game, but you could just tell most of the time, you could just tell the Wolves weren't going to win. It's the kind of game the Wolves aren't going to win, unfortunately. Uh, yep. Ryan Hollins looked like he could have been a member of the Hawks, though, with that inside dunk, you know, the way he plays. Receiving those nice inside passes from guys like Johnny Flynn and Corey Brewer and jamming it in there. Uh, yeah. But that, but a guy like Ryan Hollins can do that starting or coming off the bench. Um, hey, and he's more, you know, I'm not complaining that he's on the team. I, I, I like what he does. Just saying he's probably not a starter on most rosters. In fact, probably about, oh, about 28 of them in the league. About that. <laughs> and uh, it's not like our win-loss record has been all that great with uh, Ryan Holland starting. Yeah, we won four in a row, but we lost like a million since. We've won like one game since then. <laughs> so I'll just leave it at that. The Hawks pretty much took over down the stretch, and that's how it, that's how it went. Final quotes of the game are by Kurt Rambis and Al Jefferson again. Rambis's quote is, we couldn't find a way to score, and we were getting good luck. Yeah. And as I say, the Wolves shot well early, but late in the game, they couldn't get anything going. I thought, uh, Karamas continues, I thought our defense was pretty good for most of the game. That's what really carried us, but as usual for us, as a ball club, we were, yeah, as usual. Yeah, there it is. Mm-hmm. As usual. Patience sucks. It really does. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right, right there. They were inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And boy, were they ever. And that's why I said they weren't going to win the game. You could tell. We were inconsistent with our effort, inconsistent with our defense, inconsistent with our offense. So, yeah, I used that word four times in just a couple words there. Imagine that, right? Final quote, Al Jefferson says, At the end of the day, we still lost the game, so I can't be too excited about whether we lost to them by 20 or lost to them by six. We still lost. Very much agreed right there. Al Jefferson is a common-sense guy, and I like that about him. Yeah, I, I feel bad for what happened, and uh, no, I think I have no ill thoughts to Al Jefferson for what took place after the Thunder game. And that was a pretty depressing game, by the way, also. We'll get to that in a bit, though, as I continue to uh, jump around here. Very, very fun game. Just unfortunately didn't work out. The Wolves, yeah, the Wolves did open that fourth quarter with a 10-0 run, as mentioned. Very, very cool. 23 games in a row with Corey Brewer hitting a three. Because he finally got one. Got it like that. More minutes for Flynn in the fourth quarter. Rambis showing more willingness there. Got it like that. And uh, that's when it's, that's when you started to believe. You know, you started to believe that, uh, starting to figure it out a little bit. 
Yeah, most of Sessions' minutes were kind of in the middle of the game and Flynn getting more time late. And, yeah, I, I agree with that because Flynn is a lot more clutch than Ramon Sessions. I think a lot of us learned that the hard way earlier because when you're saying you want the slightly more veteran at age 23, by the way, in the game late and late, and uh, the whole idea about having the young guy out there, you're a little afraid that, oh, you know, you don't want him in the big situations. You want the veteran so he can maybe win the game. Well, here's the thing. Now, as I was talking about, it's not really about wins and losses this year. It's about development and learning the system and, and uh, you know, development, especially guys like Corey Brewer and Flynn. But the way Brewer's developed in this coaching staff has been unbelievable. I mean, it's uh, it's making Rambus and the, and the co. looking pretty good. Johnny Flynn, in this case, the guy is more clutch than Ramon Sessions in his rookie year. So... Johnny Flynn's more clutch. I mean, Johnny Flynn in his rookie year is more clutch than Ramon Sessions in his third. So, again, what's the point of having so little of Flynn in the fourth quarter? Though they do tend to put him in at the very end. It's just more or less you want. I, I think I want him in there more from like the six, seven minute point, something like that, maybe even eight, eight, and then the rest of the way. Uh, whatever, though. <laughs> I could go on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever about that because that's just the way I roll. And no, that was not the Thunder game that Al Jeff- after Al Jefferson got caught. It was the Blazer game, excuse me. Sunday was Thunder. Yeah, the, the Thunder game was Sunday. Last week, the previous week. And uh, of course, we played the Thunder on Friday. <laughs> this previous, in this show that I'm going to get to right now. And yeah, the Blazers Sunday. So that's how I got a little confused. And yeah, it was an iPod game. And yes, the last two games of this, of these game reviews were iPod games. I think you guys probably have an idea what that is by now. Yeah, it's because I have the NBA League Pass and the iPod Touch. It's the only way to watch the game. Yeah, it's the cheapest way to have NBA League Pass. So if you have an iPod Touch or iPod, iPhone or whatever, yeah, I recommend it if you want to be able to catch uh, non-TV games because the Wolves did that to us this year big time. They tried to do that to boost ticket sales, thinking people will go to the game since it's not on TV. Mm, not sure how well that's worked out. I want to be able to watch the game, damn it. <laughs> Especially if I'm trying to do a show here, guys. Come on. <laughs> that way I can watch every single game. Mm-hmm. One way or the other. So let's get to it. The Thunder. Yeah, the Thunder. Every time we play the Thunder, it's about pretty much like playing the Portland Trailblazers. In a lot of ways, they're actually kind of similar. They have a great future. They're unbelievably athletic and unbelievably talented. And, they, yeah, as mentioned, they have multiple pieces. Multiple pieces for the future. And they're a playoff team. Yeah, the Thunder have a better record than the Portland Trail Blazers right now. <sighs> Luckily, the, the Blazers do not, or excuse me, the Thunder don't have a guy that the Wolves uh, drafted and traded away and uh, ended up being a billion times better than the guy we got in return. <laughs> That's one thing you always get stuck with when you see the Blazers, that, where they basically rub it in our face and give us the finger. It's not been fun. But yeah, the Thunder, every time the Wolves play the Thunder, especially, well, at least this year now, and last year, late last year, it started. It, you could start seeing it take place. It's not fun. <laughs> it's not very fun. The Thunder kicked our ass, okay? To make it simple, the Thunder kicked our ass. This, of course, was Friday, February the 26th. Now, the Atlanta Hawk game was Wednesday the 24th. I don't think I even mentioned that. It was a back-to-back. Wolves pl- looked kind of tired going against an athletic team. Yeah, that's kind of what happened. Oklahoma City just came out pounding the Wolves right away. 30-19 to 19 after the first quarter. Not much better in the second, and not much better in the third or the fourth. It just kind of, the Thunder just 
took a nice lead and hung on to it the whole game. And they are 34-23 and 23 at this point in time, and it's uh, pretty scary to see just how quickly this team has developed. I mean, a lot of us going into last season and during most of the year, the Thunder were the worst team in the league, rec- record-wise, record-wise. And a lot of people look at the Thunder and say, you know what, this could be the Timberwolves very soon because of all the pieces starting to show, starting to uh, step up on the Wolves. The Wolves have some pieces like Al Jefferson and Kevin Love. Jefferson, of course, is already kind of a veteran. Love is only in his second year and is really developing into something, like a Larry Love. <laughs> He's looking pretty good from three-point range, but <laughs> Flynn and Brewer, very, very good backcourt that I, I'm very excited about. It wouldn't kill me if the Wolves kept that as a backcourt for a long time. <laughs> they really wouldn't, uh, though we'll see how things might change via the draft and trades and all that good stuff. You never know with David Kahn. Uh, but this game, that was about the only positive you could get out of it, other than Flynn was very solid but only played 21 minutes, 21 and a half minutes in favor of Ramon Sessions for almost 27 minutes. Now look at this line, folks. Both of the point guards that I just mentioned shot the ball seven times, right? Now you take Flynn out usually because he's not playing that great. Like he's out of control, maybe shooting too many shots. Now there's one stat that would agree with that. (laughs) Well, not shooting too many shots, but yeah, turning the ball over. Something of that nature. But yeah, as mentioned, seven shots apiece. Johnny Flynn was five of seven from the floor. Ramon Sessions? One of seven. Seriously. Outstanding. Uh, so, yeah. The one area where you can say that Ramon Sessions outplayed Flynn in this game, of course, is in the turnover department. Ramon Sessions had only one turnover. Flynn had four. They both had five assists in the game. Leave Johnny Flynn in. Seriously. And the plus minus, yeah, Flynn had the worst plus minus, and... Ramon Sessions has one of the few people with a plus, with a plus, but that's not always the whole game here, just because a guy was in the game when things weren't going so great, and the guy was in when things were picking up a tiny, tiny bit. Uh, it's like, we're happy for you. Darko Milicic statistically had his best game as a Timberwolf with nine rebounds and six points, though unfortunately no blocks, because <laughs> he was really kicking butt in that category, and he played a whopping 25 minutes. Darko Milicic had a solid night. Solid night, lots of playing time. Jefferson's minutes almost gone in this game. I mean, it's tendonitis, man. It's got to be the tendonitis for this. He only played about 17 and a half minutes. That's amazing. That's amazing. Neither Ryan Gomes or Damian Wilkins looked all too spectacular in this game. And really nobody looked all too spectacular in this game other than Kevin Love. When you talk about the Wolves, though he shot 16 shots, only made 7, 0 for 3, from three-point land. Nobody really looked all that great. Just Love was the overall best player. Russell Westbrook is an absolute stud. Got a little comment from uh, Joe Weiss on uh, Twitter when I talked about how, yeah, whenever the Wolves play an elite or the more elite point guards, Johnny Flynn tends to really step it up. And, yeah, Flynn was really really energetic early on, and that's when he started piling up the assists and scoring the, sh- the points before he got taken out for Ramon Sessions. And then a response from Joe Weiss was, uh, well, Russell Westbrook isn't quite at that elite level, I wouldn't say. And, yeah, I more or less meant the more elite point guards at this point in time because I think, yeah, Russell Westbrook is absolutely in that upper echelon. And when the guy's field goal percentage continues to go up, watch out. This guy could be like a Gary Payton. It's extremely frightening how talented Russell Westbrook is. He shot 
seven of eleven from the floor, by the way. And usually his field goal percentage is a lot more like uh, six of something, six of thirteen, or or whatever, four of eleven, or something like that. Fifteen assists for Russell Westbrook. Mm. See, that's the kind of combo guard, as people like to call him, who's you know who's a real true point guard really now. You just you kind of gamble. The Wolves kind of gambled on Randy Foy and the Seattle Supersonics at the time who were becoming the Thunder kind of gambled on Russell Westbrook. A lot of people thought he'd go a couple picks later. And it worked out just unbelievably well for the Seattle Supersonics slash Oklahoma City Thunder. And I kind of wish they were still Seattle because that'd be cool to see the old, the actual green and gold bring back the old Seattle Sonics uniforms with guys like Durant, Green, Westbrook. Oh my. Be a fun team to watch for a long time. Bring back a little bit of that Gary Payton, Sean Kemp era. <laughs> Except Durant's going to be a hell of a lot better than Sean Kemp, by the way. Uh, he made things look easy most of the night. Didn't actually have his best shooting night, but overall, just, again, made things look extremely easy the whole time. Jeff Green was what he generally is, just a smart, solid player. High percentage plays. That's just what he does. That's what he does best. Cephalosha is just Cephalosha. <laughs> he's, he's a solid player. Um, Harden is still invisible, not really developing as quick as some other people may have expected. But in general, not a good game for the Wolves. The Thunder look awesome, and uh, it's a team the Wolves like to become. That's basically how we're going to stand here. Uh, we talk a little bit about how Kevin Love had 19 points off the bench. He's actually led the Wolves in scoring in each of the past four games while coming off the bench. Kurt Rambis comments here on that, that uh, Kevin Love struggled and resisted a little bit coming off the bench, but for our team it gives us better opportunities with both of our units. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they mentioned how Kevin Love was moved to the reserve last month. Once he got himself in a comfort area and playing off the bench, his numbers just climbed right back up again. This Rambis continues, this isn't the type of team you're going to come into this environment and outscore, you're going to have to find ways to get stops, and we weren't doing that. And, uh, that's all there is to it. The Thunder just kicked our butts. That's it. Fun game. Fun game for the Wolves. We're moving on very quickly because this is getting kind of long. <laughs> it's getting kind of long. And, yes, it's another iPod game, as I already mentioned, Portland Trailblazers, Sunday, the last day of February the 28th, and it sucked. The whole game sucked. And patience sucks, and this is one of those games, as I mentioned, I'm going to mention several times. Yeah, this is one of the nights when patience really does suck. I mean, this is why patience sucks. Come on, man. That's why. Because it's, uh, this was an absolute drubbing. An absolute drubbing, not fun to watch. Every time the Wolves play Portland, it's just an embarrassment. And the stat of the night, Batum. Yeah, Batum. Nicholas Batum. Mm-hmm. Who again? Who's that again? Yeah, Nicholas Batum. I guess we can call him Batman. It's Batman. He had 22 points in the third quarter. It's like, are you are you serious? Are you mad? <laughs> That's about it. That's about how I would say on this game. It was uh, an absolutely unwatchable game. Yet I did watch the whole thing. Yeah, I tortured myself and watched the whole thing because I got a, because I got a show to do. And yeah, I care about this team. It was very rough to watch. Very rough to watch. 22 points by Nicholas Batum in the third quarter. And the Blazers were pretty much up by about 30 points the entire game. It's like, I can't take this. Ugh, it was a very rough, 
performance. Not really much I really want to get into on this game. It was that unwatchable. It was that bad. The Wolves lost by 19, sure, but they were down by like 30 most of the game. And here's the best stat of the whole night. And since I also mentioned how Batum had, uh, yeah, he had 22 points in the third quarter, right? 22 points in the third quarter, 31 for the game. Yeah, Nicholas Batum had never scored 20 points in his career in a game. Oh, my God! That's embarrassing. <laughs> so that's how bad it was. Um, and, yeah, Nicholas Batum is not Brandon Roy. He's not LaMarcus Aldrich. He's not even Andre Miller or any of those other sons of guns over there in Portland that like to pretty much stick their fingers right at us, <laughs> flip us off every time they come here, which is basically what they do. Figuratively, they do that. Brian and Roy had a pretty lame game, actually. Only seven points. Nine assists, though. The backcourt for uh, Portland was nothing all too special. Uh, Rudy Fernandez, who was a guy that a lot of people continue to bring up, a guy that might be a nice little uh, idea to uh, possibly make uh, Ricky Rubio more excited about coming here. Just like having Pavlovich for uh, Darko Milicic. As you notice, Pavlovich's minutes have been going up ever since we acquired Darko Milicic. Yeah, because they're close friends. Rudy Fernandez and Ricky Rubio, maybe. Maybe someday the Wolves will make a deal for him. Not sure. But, uh, yeah, he looked pretty good in the game. He's pretty much the best defense, uh, best guy off the bench, i got to say, for the Portland Trailblazers, who have had about a billion injuries this year. Even Camby was sore coming in. It's like, oh, my God. You lose uh, Greg Oden. Then you lose Prisbilla. They're like the, the same week you lose Prisbilla to an ACL. And then you find, you make a trade for a new center, Marcus Camby, and he had a sore ankle, or I forget, I think that's what it was. So it's like, are you serious? But, uh, well, he's healthy and he's playing, and he got four blocks in only 25 minutes. Uh, he did what he had to do and was very nice for the uh, the Jailblazers, who are not the Jailblazers anymore. Isaiah Ryder's gone, for one. Um, just an overall fairly frustrating game. Both of the point guards played well, so I'm not going to rip on anybody or anything. Sessions was actually pretty good in this game, i got to say. But Flynn was also solid and uh, fairly limited playing time. as They, they kind of tend to juggle their minutes. I mean, the, both of them get mid-20s in minutes right now at this point in time. Corey Brewer certainly gotten quieter, but he continued his three-point uh, streak, two of two from three-point range. Only played about 24 and a half minutes, but shot over 50% for the game. Not too bad. And Jefferson finally having his best game in quite a while. And he actually played 30 whole minutes with a 19-point, 11-rebound performance. Though the five turnovers didn't look all too great. And uh, Wolves had 19 turnovers as a whole, which were dead even. With 19 assists. A one-for-one assist-to-turnover ratio. Yuck. Just an, just an unwatchable game. Blazers walked right through us. Every at every opportunity, they shut us down when they when they had to. They didn't even really have to. They didn't really care because they were going to kick our butts anyway. That's pretty much how the game played out. Though the Wolves did not shoot well at all in this game, and the Blazers did. And that's pretty much all there is to it. Going to call it a game review here. We'll get to a couple of quotes real quick because this game was really a lot about Nicholas Batum. And a quote from him is, in that third quarter, yeah, that third quarter, every time I got the ball, I just shot it, and it went in, it felt real good. So Batum had one of those nights where, yeah, you just shoot the ball and it goes in. And oh, those kind of nights are fun, aren't they? Oh, when you're, you know, you're playing with your friends or whatever, 
outdoors, indoors, wherever. You're actually like in a real game with real uniforms and real refs. Oh, it's a fun feeling, isn't it? So now we'll get to Kurt Rambis, because we always have a Kurt Rambis quote. It's a, it's a little tradition, and it's, yeah, it's a good idea. Al got us off to a great start defense-wise. <laughs> Al Gofferson got us to a great start. Defense-wise, we were adhering to our game plan, doing things we wanted to do. But the last five minutes of the second quarter, they just got on this little roll, and we couldn't find ways to stop them. Then they came out in the third quarter and punched the game away from us. And, yeah, the Wolves actually kept it fairly close early, but then it just yeah, it died. In the second period, the Wolves scored 10 points in the second period. That's how bad it got. Really bad. Couldn't do anything. Couldn't score, and the Blazers did score. That's pretty much what happened. And the third quarter has been the meanest quarter of the year for the Minnesota Timberwolves. It has been ugly. It has been ugly. And it's funny how statistically the Wolves are best in the fourth quarter, but that's generally because they're kind of making a more of a, uh, you know, a save face approach. Because after the third quarter, they get hammered, and the Wolves outscored the Blazers 34 to 27. Yeah, funny. The final score was 110 to 91 in favor of Portland. It's just more or less trying to slightly save face so you don't lose by 30 something. That's all it really is. So, it's a slightly overrated stat for the Minnesota Timberwolves, if I do say so myself that their fourth quarter is their best. Because if their fourth quarter truly was their best, <laughs> we would have a winning record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, at 14-47, and 47, that's a far cry from a winning record. So we're going to end the game reviews, and we'll be right back with a bit of a news conversation. Again, another long show. <laughs> I apologize to some of you out there that may or may not like that. It's just the way it's going right now. There, it's uh, There's a lot of games to review. There's a lot to cover. There's a lot to cover, so... I'll shut up and we'll be get to break. We'll be right back right after this. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, episode number 52, which is a reminder for all the iPod and MP3 player users. As mentioned, Mark Blunt was released. A lot of people expected that. Uh, it will count against the Wolves cap until after the season. That's great doesn't really matter at this point in time blunt the main reason they got him off the roster before today's 11 p.m deadline or yesterday's 11 p.m deadline i might want to mention <laughs> so he is eligible to sign with another team for the to play on their postseason roster and uh yeah if that happens i'd be slightly surprised but you never know maybe uh cleveland cavaliers maybe the cleveland cavaliers will take him who, who knows after Shaq's thumb injury. Who knows how that's going to go. Shaq's thumb injury, that's a bummer. He's out for probably the rest of the regular season. And who knows after that. So that's the deal there. We're going to now get to the Ricky Rubio conversation. As David Kahn does expect Ricky Rubio to play for the Timberwolves by the 2011-12 and 12 season. Very, very cool. David Kahn's quote here. He doesn't have a buyout at the end of this year. Well, we knew that. David Kahn talking to... True Hoops Henry Abbott, I'm assuming it will be difficult for him to leave. Barcelona paid a lot of money for his buyout, about $5.3 million. They're obviously going to want to amortize. Amortize, that's an interesting word. Their investment over a couple years. There is a buyout after that, however. Well, we know that. <laughs> but, yeah, let's just continue here. We developed a very solid relationship with his representatives, and more importantly, perhaps his family this past summer, it wasn't an issue of him having any concern about the Minnesota whatsoever. 
I think at the end of the day, he just felt that him having a couple more years in Europe would be the smart and prudent thing for him to do. He had a lot of input from his Spanish national team members who all think he can play here, but also thought that a few more years of development would help him. I don't have any reason not to think that's true either. And yeah, I can definitely understand that. Ricky Rubio is only 19 years old. Not necessarily all of Mr. Bulked Up like LeBron James coming into the league at age 19. <laughs> Not quite at the same level of uh, physical strength, I would say. No, I mean, LeBron James physically was ready to play NBA basketball immediately when he got to the NBA. Ricky Rubio, no. So yeah, two more years of that, two more years of uh, development, sure. That's cool. Uh, it's just frustrating to not <laughs> to be uh, to be all excited about a player like that who was supposed to possibly go as high as number two overall last year, and you don't get to see him for two years. And a lot of people were paranoid that he's not going to play, including myself, not going to play for the Wolves, including myself. So we'll see. It's more or less David Kahn is, uh, I got to think this is a little more uh, pandering. That's pretty much what it is. Uh, hoping, keeping Ricky Rubio's value as high as possible. And yeah, they're calling him the best uh, player in Europe right now. That's good. That's a good sign, as long as nothing goes wrong over there. So we'll just have to wait and see. Ah, my confidence isn't any higher, I'll say, after that, but maybe a teeny tiny bit. That's about it. I mean, at least nobody's saying that Ricky Rubio will never play here. At least that's not being said. So let's continue. Allen Iverson was let go from the Philadelphia 76ers. These are a couple little side notes, NBA notes. Um, that's the end of Allen Iverson, and that could be the end of his career in the NBA because uh, it just, he's he's done. Allen Iverson's done. It's unfortunate. It was kind of cool to see him back in Philadelphia, at least for a little while, but they already have just let him go. They're done. Not sure really what's going on with all that. It's very strange. And Shaq, may, as mentioned, missed the, regular, the rest of the regular season with a thumb injury that required surgery. When Glenn Big Baby Davis accidentally knocked back the thumb of Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> so that was unfortunate. So now we'll move to the final story here. As the show continues, the clock continues to tick. <laughs> yeah, Al Jefferson unfortunately was pulled over Sunday night after the Portland Trailblazers game. And yeah, it was a uh, Saturday night, excuse me, after the Portland Trailblazers game. It's a DUI arrest. And uh, he, was, he was doing about 53 and a 40, if I remember correctly. Don't actually have that in front of me, The actual that actual part of the uh, deal. It was unfortunate. It was on Interstate 394. You may have heard of it just outside downtown Minneapolis. I've been there about a billion times. So, yeah, and Al Jefferson is also a Golden Valley native. So you could say Al from Golden Valley, too. Not native, Golden Valley resident, excuse me. Um, yeah, he's pretty remorseful about what happened. Al is glad. <laughs> Al is actually glad that a high, that a highway patrolman pulled him over. That's what he says. Al Jefferson's comment now is, "I know now, not not to <laughs> never do that again. I didn't realize the danger I put myself and innocent people in. I could have hurt myself. I could have hurt someone else. I know I wouldn't be able to live with that. I'm so upset with myself." Um. Unfortunately, this uh, yeah, Al Jefferson has been suspended for the next two games. That'll be Dallas and the Wednesday game against Dallas. That'll be a very tough game with or without Al, but really tough without him. And Houston, that's always been a tough matchup for the Wolves as well. That's a home game. 
on Saturday. He will not play in those games. It will cost Jefferson $292,682 in lost wages. That's part of his $12 million salary this season. The financial penalty was the last thing on his mind. A somber Jefferson made repeated claims it will never happen again and said he felt particularly bad for young Wolves fans who consider me a role model. It's not fun for kids to see me on TV with a mug shot. Yeah, that wasn't good, no. I try I try to do, all I can, to do all I can for kids. I have to speak to kids in school about drinking and driving. I will. I'm willing to do whatever I can to prove I'm sorry to show kids not to do that. Um, and, uh, well, yeah, it was 56 miles an hour in a 40-mile-an-hour zone. So there it is, officially right there. Yep, he was on the entrance ramp headed to his Golden Valley home. So I guess he lives by Sweeney Lake. That's what they say, the mysterious Sweeney Lake that you can't see very much. <laughs> it's hard to see, actually. You have to kind of, yeah, it's not really visible until you really kind of get in the area. But uh, that's pretty much how things stand. His uh, blood and alcohol level was 0.08, the state Minnesota's legal limit for driving. Um, no, it was more than 0.08. Yeah, so yeah, that's how it stands right there. It was pretty much about as low as it's going to get. Um, that's the fortunate part. Unfortunately, yeah, drinking and driving is wrong. Uh, luckily, it was the, the lowest level that you can pretty much have. And quite honestly, yeah, I'm not angry at L. Jefferson for this. I feel bad about it. It's disappointing, but I'm not angry at him, and I don't feel any, I personally do not feel any less about L. Jefferson. It's one of those things that, uh, I guess it's one of those things that sometimes uh, you just screw up, basically, and that's what happened, and he's that he's saying all the right things, and uh, I personally appreciate that he is saying all the right things, and you hope he... He opened does indeed prove himself, and the good also the good part about this, it never did happen in the past. It's not like he has a big history of this kind of crap. And usually at the age of 25, <laughs> if you're a drunk driver type of person, you probably have quite a few of them on your uh, on your list already. It was just a small mix-up, and it's too bad that he that he did it. It's just too bad. So a quote from Kurt Ramis is, it's unfortunate what happened. Al handled it the correct way, and the organization handled it the correct way. We're just moving forward. Uh, the the arrest was the latest incident, this is continuing here, the latest incident in what has been a trying season for Jefferson, who acknowledged it's been rough for me. And, uh, yeah, it has been a rough year for Al Jefferson, and, of course, that tendonitis reeling, it's, re- excuse me, <laughs> reeling its ugly head of late. Final quote by Al Jefferson, I know things will get better when you sit down and think about it. Playing in the NBA and having this opportunity is still the best job in the world. I have to continue to work hard and keep a positive attitude, and that's it. There you go. That is the story from Al Jefferson. And, yeah, as mentioned, my final quote or comment on Al Jefferson, I feel no less of Al Jefferson than I did before this incident. It's just it's too bad that it happened. And uh wish him the best, that he indeed is a man of his word, and I personally think he is from what I hear, from what he says from what his personality is, you, you can tell he's a man of his word. I, I trust him, and uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. Unfortunately, final, final, final part of the show here, 
Wayne Ellington and Nathan Jawai both suffered ankle sprains during Monday's practice and are doubtful to participate in practice today. And they're unsure if they'll be available for the Wednesday practice. <laughs> so that's how our Wednesday game in, at Dallas. Excuse me. So that's unfortunate. A guy like Wayne Ellington, who's been doing really well, has a little ankle issue all of a sudden. That sucks. So, again, another long show. We're going to conclude now with some contact details. 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877 is the call-in line on the sportsstuff.com officially. It is a voicemail. Please treat it as such. Mention you are calling in for Timberwolves Explosion. And you leave your name in town and state your opinion, comment, whatever it is. Keep it to uh, whatever. There really is no time constraint anymore, just as long as it isn't uh, extremely long, like five to ten minutes long or something. That'd be kind of crazy. I don't think you need to do that. <laughs> three minutes? Ah, fine. You know, yeah, I, I think Bob from Minneapolis was about two and a half, three minutes. That'd be that'd be fine. I miss... Uh, Hope to hear from you again soon, and others out there, uh, possibly Rusty or PMAC, Aussie Wolf. One of you guys call in, that'd be great. It really would, so hope to hear from you soon. All you have to do is do it from Skype, and you'll be fine from what I believe. <laughs> so we'll talk to you uh, soon in that area. Somebody's going to call in sooner or later again. You, you better. <laughs> but, yeah, also out there, please do sign up for the message boards on the sportstuff.com. There's a button in the upper right-hand corner on the front page of the website that says TSS Boards. Click on that, then click on Register, and you're uh, you're in. Do your screen name. Don't make it too crazy. Make it something that uh, doesn't look like spam. Let's just say that. Just make it uh, a reasonable name, not XX37211 or, or uh, whatever, you know, <laughs> Sexy Andrea or something. You know, I mean, yeah, that's obviously porn or something of that nature. Um, so we're going to call it a show. Thank you always. Please do sign up for the message boards and call into the phone lines. I'd appreciate it. Ain't going to cost you a dime and it doesn't really take you much time either. Oh, that was cute. Wasn't it? So we're going to talk to you next week. We got a lot, (laughs) a lot more games to review again. Uh, well, hopefully there's no new bad news. Hopefully there's no news is bad news. And, uh, the wolves play a little bit better basketball here. It's getting kind of ugly. So, mm. I don't know about these next two games. We'll see. We'll see what happens in this little Texas two-step, though it's not really in in Texas this time. The first one is, the second one isn't. So, whatever. We'll be back next week. We will continue the Wolves' chatter. And uh, hope to hear from you guys soon as well. Do take care. (laughs) 